Well, glory. Praise the Lord. All right, I know you've been sitting, some of you have, for a while this morning. So here's what I want us to do in reverence to the reading of the Word of God. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me as we read from John chapter 1, verse 3 through verse number 5. John chapter 3, or John chapter 1, I'm sorry, verse 3 through verse number 5. And notice as John writes, All things came into being. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it let's pray father we thank you for your word father we know that it stands sure forever settled in heaven and so father i pray this morning that the holy spirit would go before us prepare the way for us father may your word accomplish in our hearts what you intend for it too father may we surrender and submit ourselves to the authority of the word of God and we ask all of this in Jesus name and for his sake amen you can be seated well John chapter 1 and verse 3 what an exclamation of creation it's what it is I mean have you ever I know we talk about this a lot have you ever just spent some time to think about creation I was doing some reading this week on on creation and different aspects of things in the world that we live in if you come into my office one of the things that you will see in my office I have a have a rather large book it's probably about that long probably well about that wide probably about that high and probably about it's probably about that thick let me tell you what it contains it contains a tremendous amount of information from the Hubble telescope and all of these images that have come back from the Hubble I can't wait if it makes it the new satellite that is going to be making its way and supposed to bring back you thought the Hubble telescope was good they said wait do you see this one of the images that will come back I don't know if I'll be alive or not when it gets there and they start to come back okay uh, I hope maybe that I am because one of the things I am I'm absolutely mesmerized by creation and to come to the to and to come to the point to think as some people believe it the creation and all of the universe and everything that you see from the human body down to matter of fact I was watching a, this special just a few days ago on these frogs that they that they have found these are the most interesting creatures I have ever seen in my life and to the colors on these frogs are just absolutely breathtaking when you see them and where they live and some of them live in absolute total darkness and so some of them that they have been able to see it's taken years for them to be able to finally see them and for them to be able to photograph them in the environment that they live in so so i am absolutely mesmerized i mean of creatures like like giraffes you know 
a giraffe to me is I love to watch them, okay? They're, they're, they're tall, they're lanky, they're long, they're legs, okay? And uh, just to watch them move, but, but all of creation. And then you get to the human body on top of all of that. Now think about what the Word of God says, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Matter of fact, I was, I got a, I've got a friend of mine who's, who's a pastor over in Florida, and he posted this the other day, and basically what they have done now is they have taken an MRI shot of someone who is actually going through the process, and they have got it to the level that you can watch as they're speaking, and you can watch all of the intricate pieces from your, from your lips to your tongue to your esophagus, to the voice box and everything, how it all functions together while you speak. It's the most phenomenal thing I've ever seen in my life. But yet there are those who claim out there that it all happened by chance. It just happened. And matter of fact, matter and matter came together in a state of chaos. And out of a state of chaos, it created what is known today as order. Well, I don't know about you. One of the things you taught in science is you can't get order out of chaos. What comes out of chaos, what comes, out of, what comes as a result of chaos is more chaos, not order. So the world that we find ourselves in today that is absolute, perfectly ordered. Matter of fact, look at the universe. It's amazing to me that the earth sits in exactly the precise place. It's tilt its revolutions, its distance from the sun, every bit of that is exactly where it needs to be to sustain life as we know it today. That just happened. And it just happened to have hit that position and hit that place, and, and everything was just perfectly tuned when it happened. Order out of chaos... What about black holes? Any of y'all ever looked at black holes in the universe? Huh? They're interesting. Let me tell you what I've always wondered. I don't know about you, okay? But I've always wondered, what's on the other side of space? Is there anything on the other side? Let me tell you something. I don't know about you. My mind cannot comprehend that space goes on for all inf infinitum. I, I just can't get over that. Can you? Let me ask you, how many of you in here understand that? Let me ask you this, how many of y'all were around when it was created? Anybody? I want you to notice verse 3 of John chapter number 1. All things came into being through him. That's an interesting phrase there, the phrase all things we find in verse number 3 refers to all things individually and all things separately absolutely nothing absolutely nothing came about as a result simply of its own and matter of fact that phrase all things came into being through him is a reference to the infinite detail of creation the human body the eyeball the eyeball is a, a phenomenal, I mean absolutely phenomenal part of an organ of the body. And isn't it amazing how 
some of the organs of the body can be removed and you still function like gallbladders, appendix, tonsils, adenoids, and the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. But the human body still functions even though they have been removed. And I had somebody, matter of fact, ask me this question. Well, if the, if the human body can function without those, then why in the world did God put them there? How many of y'all have asked that same question? Huh? Things that cause pain and discomfort and agony with inside of our bodies and they can be removed and you still function without it. Let me tell you something. It could only be done by a creator. It's the only way it could be done. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Colossae spoke about Jesus Christ and creation and the relationship there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all present at creation. Look at Colossians chapter 1 and we'll start in verse 13. And let me tell you what Paul is doing here. Paul is speaking of the incomparable Christ and who he is. Look at verse 13. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness. Now we're going to see that in just a moment when we go back to John chapter number 1. The difference between light and darkness. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and uh, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son or light in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And let me share something with you. That that has to do with status, not created. And let me say this, Jesus Christ was not created. He is the image of the invisible God. In other words, that phrase there means an exact representation of him. Then look at verse 16. For by him all things were what? Created. That's exactly what John wrote. All things in John chapter 1 and verse number 3 were created through him. Paul reaffirms it here in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. For by him all things were created, both, now watch this, visible and in, oh, I'm sorry, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Now notice the next phrase, all things have been created through him and for him. And then verse 17, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. And look at verse number 12, or number 2. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 1. We'll read verse 1 and verse 2. God, after he spoke long ago. I still hear some pages. I'll wait for you. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways in these last days has spoken to us in his son 
Look at the next part of verse 2. Whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Just a further affirmation of who he is. Let's go back to John chapter 1. Jesus made it all. The emphasis here of this one statement in John chapter number 3. The emphasis here, not even one thing, not even one thing, not one single thing apart from him was made exactly as it says. You look at verse 3 again, all things came into being through him. And apart from him, Nothing came into being that has come into being. Using a negative clause there to show the significance of absolutely nothing came into being apart from him. It's a repetition of that negative clause that, that John here in his writing is correcting some of the first century teaching that was going on that the origin of the universe was shaped by God out of some pre-existing stuff and is the explanation for the presence of evil in the universe here's what they claim that God created the existing creation out of some pre-existing stuff and as a result of that creation out of pre-existing stuff, evil now is present in the world. And that comes from first century Gnosticism, some Gnostic teaching that took place. And John, correcting that teaching, says that all things, all things, came into being through him. It's what we often refer to as next next to Hilo, which basically means out of nothing. When you go read the Genesis account, ex nihilo, out of nothing. When you look at that, when you go read Genesis chapter 1, he spoke light into existence. Go read it. He spoke all of these. He spoke into existence, and he, and he created in all of creation. It was not from existing stuff. It was not from pre-existing stuff. How did he form man? He formed man out of the dust of the ground. From the creation of the earth itself. And as he put all of that together from the dust of the ground, he took the dust of the ground and he created man. And he formed man out of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. The one who gives life is the same one who takes life. Now, here's something else that's interesting about the human body. Did you know one thing that they cannot duplicate in the laboratory? Oh, by the way, they're, they're now to the point where they're growing skin to use skin for skin grafts and those type of things. Matter of fact, they can do blood transfusions, but they can't without someone else giving of the blood... One thing they cannot recreate today is blood. You know, it's interesting to me, is I've always thought about that. Out of all of the technology that we have and the knowledge that we have today and the wisdom when it comes to all of this medical 
knowledge that we have one of the things that they cannot do is recreate blood in a laboratory you ever wondered about that I did for years I did and then I began to think about it and understand now what the scripture says life is in the blood you know it's interesting you can take out a gallbladder you can take out an appendix you can even breathe for human beings but if you take the blood out guess what there is no life none zero and it just happened it's just who we are John goes on in verse 3 and he says apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being you know it's kind of like these two scientists they thought they had finally come to the position and to the point that they had finally ruled out any need of God matter of fact in a laboratory they had been able to come to the point and to the place that they were able to recreate life some sort of pseudo human and they said we've finally done it we don't need God anymore matter of fact we took some of the minerals of the earth some of the chemicals and some of the dust and we formed all of that together and we think that we can create pseudo life well two creation scientists asked them a question that's all fine well and good but where did you get the chemicals and the other minerals from the earth because if you didn't have those you couldn't accomplish what you've done see let me tell you something here's what you need to understand it all goes back to God verse 4 John goes on let me tell you what you're finding in the first five verses of the gospel of John is the greatest probably containment of the deity of Jesus Christ himself and who he is when you look at verse number 4 it says in him was life and my dear friend I will tell you if you're looking for life today you will not find life apart from Jesus Christ well, you might have physical life and matter of fact, the scripture says what a what a you know what a what a sad thing to gain all that the world has to offer and yet lose your own soul. In other words, to gain all that the world has to offer, but yet to lose your own life. Because I will tell you, to live, to have life. Matter of fact, the scripture says in Jesus Christ we can have life and have life more abundantly. Where's the life come from? It comes through Jesus Christ. That's where life comes from. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus Christ himself. The light of men. Light and darkness are recurring themes throughout the book of John. Not only in the gospel of John, but also in his letter in first john matter of fact let's go there turn with me to first john chapter one same author first john chapter one 
This is a recurring theme. You'll find it throughout the Gospel of John and his first letter. John chapter 1, look at verse number 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. God is the light. And in him, and in him, you ought to underline, and in him there is no darkness at all. None. No darkness at all. The evil of the world. As a matter of fact, John goes on, and we find in his drawing of this contrast between light and darkness, Scripture also affirms for us the power of this darkness and who that is. Turn back to Luke chapter 22. The Gospel of Luke chapter 22. And look at verse 53. Satan himself is the power of darkness. Jesus Christ in his betrayal as he's betrayed by Judas... Matter of fact, verse 52 and verse 53 of Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verse 52 and verse 53. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and the officers of the temple and elders who had come against him, Have you come out with swords and clubs as you would against a robber? While I was with you daily in the temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this hour, Notice what he says. And the power of darkness is who is yours. The power of darkness. All that is contained with inside of the darkness. The power of darkness. Satan, the ruler of darkness. And all that he is. You know, it's not amazing as you go back to John... Go back to John chapter 3 with me. John chapter 3. It's not amazing that men love darkness rather than light. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up as a child, I hated the dark. You ready for this? I still hate the dark. You know why I still hate the dark? Let me ask you a question. How many of y'all have ever had a snake crawl across your feet in the dark when you couldn't see? Anybody? Let me tell you something. You want to know something? Get your attention real quick. When you're a little cool and you feel something sliding across your two feet, and when you glance down, mm, that's a snake coming to life. That snake, when he crawls across your feet, you ever thought about that? How many of y'all like dark? Anybody? Anybody like darkness? How many of y'all love the light? How many of y'all like the bright light? John chapter 3. I want you to notice what John writes. 
Is it any wonder that men love darkness rather than light? John chapter 3, look at verse 19 and verse 20. This is the judgment. This is the judgment. That the light has come into the world, Jesus Christ, and men love the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were what? Their deeds were evil. Verse 20. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. You see, people love either light or darkness. And here's the simple reason. The love that you have for light or for darkness controls your actions and what you do and what you hold on to. So what's going on here? What is Jesus trying to address? As, as John writes here in John chapter 1 and his opening verses as John relates this to us, the nation was spiritually ignorant Jesus is the true light, the original of which every other light is a copy. But the Jews, now watch this, the Jews were content with the copies. You say, what are you talking about? Well, they had Moses and the law. And matter of fact, they make comments to Jesus about that. We've got Moses and the law. Abraham was our father. They were content to hold on to the copies the temple and the sacrifices but they did not in verse number 5 the light shines in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it what in the world is John writing there they did not comprehend that these lights Moses and the law the temple and the sacrifices they all pointed to the true light from Genesis to the till you get to the gospels throughout all of the old testament everything that we find there pointed to jesus christ himself and now standing in front of them was the light the true light was standing with them in his earthly ministry and they were more content to hold on to the copies than they were to the original himself So why are these verses so important today for us? Why are they so important for us today? I'll tell you why. And here's the reason. What you decide about Jesus Christ is absolutely crucial. What you decide about him is absolutely crucial. And let me ask you a simple question. Who is he to you today? Is he just another man? Is he just another teacher? Is he just another prophet? Is he someone who just walked on the face of the earth? Or is he God in the flesh? Come to earth in his earthly ministry so that man could have a hope of having eternal life, that redemption could be made complete through a one and final sacrifice. That's who he is. 
understanding and realizing that the one who created all that there is came. Jesus Christ incarnate, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. He came for what reason? Because of God's love and His grace and His mercy. There was only one way that it could happen. There was only one way it could take place. There had to be a death. There had to be blood shed once and for all. A final perfect sacrifice. And the only one who could provide that was God the Father. Through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you. But every time I read the first five verses of the book of first or the book of John in chapter number one, okay, I, my mind cannot comprehend all that is contained in those first five verses. And I don't think anybody here can. The magnitude of those first five verses are beyond our ability to be able to humanly get our hands around. Because of the significance of who God himself is. Let me ask you a question. What kind of reverence do we have for him today? How do we honor the one who loves us so? How do we embrace all that he has for us in our life that we've been given as a result of salvation through his son? So my final question today as we look at the first five verses in the beginning was the word and the word was with God you ready for this <laughs> he wasn't created he's always been you say how do you know that well go read Genesis you'll find it He's seen all throughout the scripture. The word was God. He was in the beginning. As a matter of fact, if you want a clarification of that, read verse 2. He was in the beginning with who? With God. In the what? In the beginning. That phrase there, in the beginning, means... y'all going to get it all things came into being through him and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being in him was life and the life was the light the light of who the light of men and are you ready for this he's still the light of men today that's who he is and then verse 5 that light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it did not comprehend it one of the things I used to do as a boy because I hated the dark so bad <clears throat> got in significant trouble with this one because I couldn't find a flashlight so guess what the next best thing is how many of y'all remember those little gas? We didn't have central heat and air, okay? So the only thing that we had, we had these little space heaters in the house that had the little ceramic grates. And y'all remember those? 
had this little gas line that come out and you turned it on or off if you wanted heat. And always buy those. Guess what? Ooh. <laughs> Buddy, when it's dark in the room and you got the sheet over you because you don't want to see anything moving in the room, you take that match and you go... It lights up the whole inside of that sheet. <laughs> Until it burns all the way down where your fingers are. Then you drop it. And then it starts to burn a hole in the sheet. And you get it out of the way. And then guess what? Do you stop with that first one? How long can I last with this box of matches to have light? Jesus Christ is the light of the world can dispel all of the darkness that's there. Why? Because he is the light of the world.